Hello, everybody, and welcome to All In. My name is DKC2, Eric's Kong Quest. And my name is Chance of Seth Nar. You know, you guys are so lucky you're joining us this week because today just happens to be the annual All In Holiday Office Party. A ton of food, drinks, and this year, a ton of motion control video games perfect to party with. That's right. No idle sitting down for today's gaming. We're going to be up. We're going to be moving around. There's probably going to even be some awkward white guy dancing. And actually, speaking of, Seth, you you did bring the music, right? Of course I brought the music. For your awkward white guy dancing, I've got the perfect tunes to go along with it. It's even just got some brand new songs for Christmas. Today in the Indie Showcase, we're talking about the ridiculousness of the insanely fun trombone champ from Holy Wow Studios. <laughs> That's perfect. I love. I really love how they brought it to Switch and how they used the motion controls. And it's, it's so nice to see studios like that keeping these types of games alive. In fact, today and the top five will be honoring that legacy too. When we count down our favorite motion control games since the Wii. And ah, ah, oh, what in the... Sorry, sorry. I was just testing the boomerang flower to make sure it's still boomeranged. Yeah, yeah, it's still boomerangs. Okay, good. Awesome. Uh, we're going to need it today for the ultimate motion control game. We're throwing it back to right after Halloween, kicking this party into full gear with our boomerang review of Smooth Moves 2, a.k.a. WarioWare Move It. You know, the party really wouldn't be complete without them, but uh, I'm going to go get some ice before the show starts. Oh, you need some ice for your drink? Uh, for my head, actually. You, you guys enjoy the intro while I do that. It's time to go all in. Well, everybody, don't tell HR. Um, but we are here with another episode of All In, a Nintendo podcast, the weekly Nintendo variety show we're each and every week. No shells left unturned. No point is left unearned. Is your head okay? Are you doing yeah. okay? Yeah, <laughs> it hurts to have my headphones on. Yeah. Well, okay. You, but you got to you got to power through. You gotta For power the through show. For the show. That's right. Uh, we're we're happy to be with you. We're gonna have some fun today. We got a fun episode lined up for uh, for y'all this week. All about uh, weirdly, it became like the motion controls episode. So it's gonna yep. be a gonna be a good time. I am of course happy about that. But before we do any of it, Eric, you know what we have to do first. The um, insert motion control pun introducing <laughs> our patrons here. That's right. We need to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash all in podcast. Huge thanks to everybody who supports us over there. You can head over there and join their ranks with a seven day free trial, even to the golden banana tier and uh, enjoy a bunch of exclusive content just like these fine folks do. So let's thank our patrons, starting with our golden banana bunch, Rob Yapel, Sean Ashton, Sean O'Baggins Ashton, Tim A, a.k.a. Neo Prime 33, a.k.a. Nintendo Dad number four, Matt, Shy Guy City Murray, Phelan Ward, Bill Tucker. 
Tucker, Marcus O'Neill, Liam D, Gamer Jason, Andrew Wilkins, Foolish Fuji, Alan Hashtag Look to the Cookie, Patrice Millette, and Solo Something. Huge thank you to our Golden Banana Bunch. Again, seven-day free trial to join their ranks and check out the exclusive content for free for a week. So do that. But moving into our Triforce tier. We need to thank Josh Vaughn, the godfather of Tingle Love Tuesday, John Datfast Cummins of the Retro Logic Podcast, as well as the On Topic Retro Podcast, the Globetrotten, Jet Set, Nintendo Hub, and Sparky of the Nintendo Hub over there on YouTube, Adam Caparello of the Retro Groove Podcast, Shy Guy, the other half of our Shy Guy Mod Squad. Thank you, Shy Guy. Daniel Hinojosa, Dan and Luma, Bowza, the Keeper of the Hugs, and the Legend himself. Motion control doesn't control um i'm trying to come up with like you know in soviet russia motion controls you some sure. weird joke like that uh uncle randy everybody <laughs> uncle randy in soviet russia like like warioware move it in soviet russia it moves you i don't yeah. know man i don't know what we're doing um it, <laughs> typically case, we play typically we play with most controls but for uncle randy the motion controls him or he motions the control i don't know i don't he's a legend ladies and gentlemen he is and you know fun fact about uncle randy he actually is uh, a fairly prolific dancer uncle randy can break it down he used to break doesn't surprise me he's good at literally everything he was he used to break dance uh in his youth and uh even though uncle randy's you know well into his 50s he can still kind of he'll he can still bust it out if you if you want him to so yeah uh, I heard dancing Randy. with the stars called him last year but you know he was t- <laughs> too big for him yeah. yeah he was that was beneath him uh, yep. beneath Uncle Randy okay well uh, we also of course uh, have merch at bit.ly slash all in merch another great way to support the show uh, so we appreciate everybody who picks that up uh, you know if you if you order it now you might even still be able to get it in time for Christmas so. Maybe something to consider uh, mm-hmm. putting a, an all-in shirt or an all-in mug, you know, in the stocking or something, or put that under the tree. Um, and if you want to support the show for free, you can do so by dropping some words, leaving us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. That is greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Big thanks to everybody who's done that already. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all that stuff. Um, Podchaser, Audible. If your podcatcher supports it, Go ahead and just do it. It's quick, it's easy, it's free, and it uh, really, really, really helps the show. So thank you very much for doing that. But sir, what has been going on in your world this week? Well, uh, new season of Mortal Kombat 1 stuff just dropped. So, I mean, if you're playing it on the Nintendo Switch... Quan Chi just dropped season three, the season of the season of the cold season, the, the sub zero season that's out now as well. Uh, I'm not playing it on the Nintendo switch. I've been playing it on my PlayStation five, but, but that's out for, for, for anybody who needs to hear that. Uh, but yeah, I have been doing that. Uh, the biggest thing that I've been doing on my Nintendo switch this past week, adding to those hours you know the the nintendo switch end of year numbers came out this past week and trying to add to my 1300 hours on the nintendo switch this actually no just now just this second i just realized something okay so i had like 1270 some odd hours on my profile for the nintendo switch end of year numbers right Uh uh-huh you and I, little behind the scenes, you and I actually have a separate 
like all in account that we play games that that's true friends and and developers are kind enough to to give us access to so oh wow i just realized i probably have spent a lot longer on the nintendo switch this past year than even those numbers indicate oh man probably oh man uh because i was thinking about it because uh as I mentioned last week, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Stars, but Sea of Stars is another one of those games that, you know, thank you to the developer, thank you to the publisher for, for getting us access to that. And I 100% the game, and I was thinking about it in terms of my profile, but those aren't those hours aren't getting added to my profile. We need to do an end-of-year Nintendo Switch thing on, on the all-in account and see how many hours the all-in account has. But um, but I did, I did indeed 100% Sea of Stars this week. Uh, I saw the uh, I saw the secret. Um, you know the 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 flimsy hammer stuff and uh, yeah, going through and and beating that and getting the true ending and the whew, man, some stuff happens in that game. But I was very very happy to finally get to that and it. You know what? I'm a big I, I'm very big on nostalgia and that game certainly got me. There were a lot, I mean, there's so much in that game that is just tailor made to unlock core memories of previous like 16 and 32 bit era RPGs. And, uh, but there's, there's a lot of really cool, unique stuff about the game that certainly stands on its own. Uh, it's, I don't want to say necessarily too, too much about it, because we are going to have a couple reasons to talk about the game in the near future. Uh, but at some point, it will be getting its own indie showcase. We might even have to do that before the end of the year. I don't know. We shall see. But regardless, I finally got around to, to 100% in Sea of Stars, and I had myself a jolly old time. I think that was like the fourth or fifth RPG in a row that I played. So, Star Ocean. Uh, and then immediately I went into Mario RPG and then I immediately went into future redeemed. And then I immediately went into sea of stars after that. So it's been an incredibly RPG heavy month and a half for me. And I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, so much fun, a huge, huge fan of those games. And every single one of those is absolutely worth checking out. If you have the time, star ocean, Mario RPG, future redeemed, star, uh, I was about to say Star Ocean again, but Sea of Stars. Uh, <laughs> I even made the joke. Sea of Stars and Star Ocean kind of came out at the same time. I was like, watch, like Celestial Tide will be this new RPG that comes out right after that or something. You're probably but, not wrong. I'm yeah. pro- Low key, that's a good name. I'm just saying that. Celestial in- Tide. Celestial <laughs> Tide. If you're an indie developer, you can have that for free. That's low key a good name. But... I do want to shout out something that I did this past week. Uh, Go ahead and check out our friend Gamer Jason and his podcast, What's Wrong with Wolfie? Yes. Because I happened to jump on there to talk about a Christmas classic with our good friend Jason for about an hour over there. Uh, He and I sat down and had a wonderful little convo about the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Yeah. This is fun, fun to listen to. It was cool to hear you over there. It's uh, he he apparently had like uh, like a last minute scramble. He like had like his his regular co host like bailed on him, and you came in to save the day or something like that. Isn't that what happened? 
I'm happy to be anybody's last resort. I'm very, very happy to be anybody's <laughs> last resort. You're the savior. But You're the, the, savior. The, the savior. You're the Santa I, Claus. I came, I came riding in on my white reindeer or whatever they put on the, the episode description. But, uh, but that was a ton of fun. Huge thank you to Jason for the invite on that. And genuinely one of the best podcast thumbnails you will ever see. It was really good. Yeah. Like you, you sent that to me like the day before the episode went out and I was just like, Oh my God. Very good. (laughs) No, but that was a ton of fun. I have a lot of love for the first Santa Claus movie. It's in my mind, still a, an absolute Christmas classic. So it was a lot of fun to, to join in and talk about that for an hour. So yeah, a lot of holiday stuff going on. You got the, the, uh, Mortal Kombat 1 stuff, you got Star Ocean, and my little stint on what's wrong with Wolfie. But, my friend, what have you been getting up to this past week? Well, I, I am realizing in this moment, Eric, that I should have, before pitching it to you, done a little bit of housekeeping and made an important announcement. So let me do that now. Um, we, over this past week, finalized our plans for the Golden Aces. Yes. And... I wanted to kind of formally announce this here on the show. I'm sure, um, you know, you guys have already seen this by now. I'll probably yeah. make it public and post it before this even goes out. But I'll just formally say it on the show uh, here. Uh, voting is now live for the Golden Aces 2023. It's going to be happening on January 5th. Uh, we're going to be doing that live on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash all in podcast. January 5th is the date for the golden aces. We'll be handing out these awards. The biggest change this year, we're doing this differently than we've done it in years past. And the biggest change is your involvement as the community. You are going to have a much bigger role in the golden aces this year, because in addition to, you know, in years past, it's been Eric and I sort of going into the bullpen, choosing nominees, choosing winners, and then basically just filling you guys in on what we've chosen. Yeah. And Seth and I go into the Thunderdome. We battle it out. Exactly. Whoever, whoever's left alive at the end wins. Exactly. And so rather than doing it that way this year, uh, we have not only have we introduced a handful of new categories, um, but we've chosen some nominees which in itself was a massive pain because um, this has been a stacked year. Hard to pick nominees. Dude, this, um, is, this one was nuts. But it's been an incredibly special year, and we decided that we needed an equally special iteration of the greatest video game awards program on Earth to accompany it. That's right. So you guys are actually going to get to vote on all of the categories. So in the past, we've done like a Community's Choice Award or whatever. And like, that's cool, but we wanted to give you guys a voice in all of the categories. So every category is going to have its own community's choice award. Every category is going to be voted on by the community. In addition to Eric and I, uh, kind of giving our award. So, um, you know, and then there's going to be some categories where we both like choose one. And then like for the big categories, like game of the year and indie game of the year, Eric and I are actually going to prepare our own, lists um and kind of give you like our a window into our personal tastes and the way that these games fell on our personal lists this year so it's going to be a little bit more of an involved 
uh, show this year, but I really like where we landed on with it. I love the community involvement and, uh, and hopefully you guys get a kick out of it too. So that is now available. Uh, again, by now you've probably already seen it. I'll put a link, um, in the, uh, episode description as well so that you can hit that. It's a quick Google form should only take you a couple minutes to fill out, uh, fill it out, please. By January 1st, uh, to be eligible to uh, to be a part of it. That way I have enough time to get everything ready for the show on the 5th. <laughs> um, but yeah, Golden Aces, it's happening. Very excited. Please be yes. excited. <laughs> I, I'm incredibly excited. Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes. It is my favorite episode that we do each year. We do our little anniversary episode. You know, I have my birthday every year. But the Golden Aces really is the premiere episode of All In every year. Uh, we're looking back on, you know, the year that was, and especially for 2023, that that, that is a, 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 a ridiculous, ridiculous ask because 2023 has just been so amazing from, from, a, from the standpoint of video games that we got. Uh, at least. And we are incredibly happy to be involving all of you amazing people, our, our amazing community in this more than ever. Yep. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Hopefully all are excited too. Hopefully you uh, have not, um, you know, in the future already burned us at the stake because you disagree with the nominees or something. Hopefully it's not a, uh, I think we did a good job, honestly. Like, I think we did too. I'm, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. So y'all, y'all have to let us know what you think. I'm, I'm very excited. Again, that is going to happen January 5th live on our YouTube channel. I imagine at the usual time, I think we'll probably do it at the standard sort of 4 PM Pacific, 7 PM Eastern time that we normally do our news roundups. We'll probably just do the golden aces that night, uh, on YouTube at that time. So yeah, please we should be excited. Probably do it a little early, you know, just because we got the awards, but we've also got all these world premieres we got to get to yeah. and the celebrities are showing. So a we've four got a hour lot, show. We got a yeah. lot of stuff to get to. Yeah. We really need to make sure that show goes on for four hours. So be, please be excited <laughs> for that. Um, okay. But in terms of what I've been playing, honestly, not much. Um, wife and I have been playing Baldur's Gate three on nice. the weekends, which is not, it's a Nintendo thing, but like we, that's our weekend game. Um, so there's that, uh, still chipping away at Yakuza like a dragon, which is also Nintendo, but I'm, it's still kind of playing that when I have a chance, but on Nintendo stuff, really what I've been doing over the past like week or so is just tears of the kingdom. Um, I wanted to get back into the world. Like I wanted to just kind of like exist in there a little, like I've already done all the shrines, you know, yeah. I've beaten the game. I've done like a lot of what the game has to offer, but I'm really just enjoying going through and like just clearing out caves and helping Koroks yeah. and just like, just being in there again. Um, just a special game. And it's just kind of nice to, to go back in there and just kind of futz around. So honestly, like that's, that's where my gaming time has gone for the most part this week. Yeah. So just, you know, ultra handing and fusing rockets to the little Koroks with the, with the backpacks and, you know, just having fun. I've never been that guy, man. I like those Koroks. The I, justice for the Koroks. I've actually done that accidentally a couple of times. <laughs> there was this there was this one time you had to, I can't remember, I think it was uh, right past uh, the stable at the Dueling Peaks. Yeah. Uh, there's one, I, I'm pretty sure it was there. One of the Koroks you have to take, you have to ford across a river. Um, okay. 
And I accidentally, I think it was a wheel and a rocket or something, but I fused it to this board and I I can't remember exactly how it happened. I'm not an engineer, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of the creations that I made in Tears of the Kingdom do not go as planned, and this was certainly no exception. Uh, but I wound up basically trebucheting the, the Korok <laughs> like like a hundred feet over the great fairy flower uh next wow. to the the and I don't know, legends say legends say he's still up in the air to this day. You monster. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> wow. It'd be like that sometimes. Honestly, it it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> it yeah. To so be honest, I'm yeah. surprised the rest of the Koroks in the game didn't immediately put a hit out on me. <laughs> it's it's just, it's a, you know, turns out it's a pretty good video game. It's just kind of fun to, fun to go back to. And uh, that's really, I mean, that, that genuinely is all I've really been playing this week. So, um, but... I did, I guess, just to segue us into our indie showcase, I was happy to see a surprise update, a surprise Christmas time update for an indie game that is very near and dear to my heart, uh, an indie game called Trombone Champ, uh, which came out on the Nintendo Switch this year. It had been on PC for a little while, yep. but uh, we, we got Trombone Champ actually as part of one of the Nintendo Directs this year. Might have been the June Direct. Um, I don't remember which one, but it was, it was revealed there and shadow dropped and it was low key, like one of the most hype announcements of that direct. Um, and yeah, they've been steadily updating the game, keeping it in parity with the PC version. And, um, it's, it it is great. It is genuinely uh, a a delight and I'm excited to tell y'all about it. So this week in the Indie Showcase, we are talking, holy wows, trombone champ. So as you all know, I am not as knowledgeable about video game music or music music in general as much as my amazingly talented co-host, but I can say that that's even more pronounced when it comes to even attempting to play musical instruments, even if they take the form of video game peripherals. I am very good at most games, but I am legendarily bad at something like Guitar Hero and... I honestly, I personally, this, this is not really an Eric game, but even I can't deny how ridiculous, how insane, how wild Trombone Champ is. And I'm really excited to hear Seth talk about it. Here's the thing about Trombone Champ. Not only is Trombone Champ barely a rhythm game, um, it, the rhythm game element of trombone champ is by far the least important thing about it. And I genuinely believe for as like Mimi and humor based as this game is, and I it genuinely believe is. <laughs> and, it, and it very much is. And we'll get into that, but I genuinely believe that trombone champ is an important game to like the soul and purpose of video games. This game is, important to exist because this game is such a reminder of what is great about this medium and just like simple fun uh much much greater than the sum of its parts the surprise and delight it is a genuinely phenomenal game and uh i'm excited to talk to y'all about it but yes if you are somebody who plays rhythm games 
Um, like this game isn't about like doing well at it. Like that's not really the point you play the, you, you, there is a like rhythm game element. That is the core of the game is you're playing trombone. You are matching, you know, like a, a symbol to, uh, to a moving line, you know, to try to perform on trombone. But like, because it's trombone, like even optimal play isn't going to sound good. Like even if you like even if you play it as well was that as low you, key, was that low key a dig at trombone, Seth? Well, like trombone, trombone sounds good, but like it has to be played. You know, a certain in this game. You know, we're talking about motion controls a lot today, and motion controls are a huge part yep. of this because you're using motion controls. Like you're never gonna hold like a perfect note the entire time. So when you're playing like you know, O Canada. Even if you're playing it optimally, it's still like, you know, so like the game knows exactly what it is and the game doesn't care if you do well at it or not. Right. So like, this is not a game. Like if you were looking for the next like hardcore through the fire and flames, guitar hero experience or whatever, I don't know that this is necessarily what that is. There are some like difficult songs in here that kind of appeal to that. And I'm sure that if you really wanted to get hardcore into trombone champ, you could, but what trombone champ actually is, is like just a silly fun, no holds barred. Like let's just laugh until we cry together playing this ridiculous over the top game. So I, I do want to, even if you're not like a rhythm game person, I would still recommend and encourage you to check out trombone champ. Um, I like playing this game this year. Uh, like I have laughed harder than I've laughed all year playing trombone champ. It's special. <laughs> <laughs> so what's even like the, the onus behind this? Like what, what, what is there a story? Are there characters like what's going on boy, in Trombone oh boy. Champ? Boy oh boy, Eric. Um let me let me try to set the table a little bit. Uh Trombone Champ is a game that was developed by a studio called Holy Wow Studios. This is a two-person name. <laughs> yeah, a, a two-person husband and wife duo based out of New York, um, who created this game uh years ago called Icarus Proud Bottom. Okay. Um, Icarus Proud Bottom teaches typing specifically, and they created this game in like a game jam. And the intent behind it was, can we create this like multiplayer typing game with this like crazy amount of like hidden depth to it, uh, with like all of this fourth wall breaky humor and stuff. Can we do that? And can we make it like a physical arcade cabinet for this like local, you know, gaming bar in Brooklyn. And so that's what they did. And the, the idea for trombone champ actually came from that when they were putting together this physical arcade cabinet for this weird Icarus proud bottom typing game. Um, they were like, what would be another fun, quirky, dumb, weird thing to play at an arcade cabinet and trombone came to mind. So that's how trombone champ They're was not born. wrong. Yeah. That's how, that's how this game was, was born. They, they had thought of it as like a arcadey game with a, like a, like guitar hero, but with a trombone using like a slide, like a trombone slide as a controller, um, that morphed into, Hey, actually, if we made this for PC, we could actually use the mouse cursor and slide it around 
as if it were a trombone slide. And then it became like a whole thing. Uh, and they ended up working on it for like four years, released it on steam, uh, in 2022. And the rest is kind of history. We get it on the switch now because the motion controls are very, very important. When you're playing a song in trombone champ, you have to use the gyro in the switch, either with a joy con or a pro controller to like, physically move just like you would use like a trombones slide if you've ever seen somebody play trombone they've got one hand on the sort of horn and the other hand on the slide that like kind of moderates airflow and produces notes as you're blowing into it um so you have to move the controller move the motion with the gyro to match you know in timing just like a normal rhythm game and you also have to you have a breath meter so you can't just like hold down the breath you know the entire time you can't just like hold down the note and cheese it the whole time um so you can run out of breath if you're not careful in trombone champ um, i didn't know that <laughs> yeah and um it is it's just like Building upon that foundation gets more ridiculous from there. So <laughs> when you're playing something like O Canada, for example, um, you have these backgrounds that are so for O Canada, it's like it starts with like the Canadian flag and then you see the Rockies come in. Then you see like this picture of a moose kind of slowly fade into frame <laughs> and then maple syrup starts like raining down, you know, from the from the top of the screen. It just like goes insane. Um, and you like, there's like this whole like champ fever mode when you get more, uh, more notes in succession and that gives you like a higher score and blah, blah, blah. So like there is like skill, but that's not what the game is about. It, it totally does not matter when you complete a song, you are scored, you know, just like you are in most rhythm games. And based on your score, you get an in-game currency called toots. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> because you know you're tooting like with a trombone sure <laughs> sure we'll go with that the toots are then spent in an in-game shop um where you can collect trading cards that are all uh, of various rarity that are bought with this kind of like gotcha you know sort of thing uh that you use the toots to get that that feature famous tromboners throughout history uh, these are called tromboner cards. Um, and of course these, they are. <laughs> these feature these feature famous uh, trombone players throughout history, and it has trivia and stuff like this. Um, you can, you know, just like most, you know, sort of deck building card games and stuff like this, like collectible card games, if you don't get the card that you want or if you get duplicate cards, you can transform them into you can do what's called turding the cards. Uh, which is, of course it is, <laughs> which transfers it into a separate currency that you can then spend to create new cards that you don't have. Um, so there's that whole element of the game. So this game is already, it's got rhythm game elements. It's got collectible card game elements underneath it all. There is this sort of like weird, like playground, like secret laden, a ton of like layers to it. There's this mysterious menu uh, in the main menu called baboon. It says nothing else, just says baboon, right? And it takes you to this like mysterious like statue of a trombone, and you have to figure out how to summon a bamboo god, uh, a, a baboon god from it, um, who will then give you quests to complete while you're playing the game in its various modes. Um, 
there's a lot going on here. There are many side characters. There is a hidden secret boss uh, that you have to defeat to claim the title of Trombone Champ. The uh, the start screen of the game is like very much an homage to like Dark Souls. Um, the game's incredible. And like it has so many disparate elements that somehow all work together in a way that like makes it so much greater than the sum of its parts. Like this, this could have just been like a stupid, like dumb, fun, throwaway gag rhythm game, but because it has all of this depth to it, all of this hidden, weird, silly depth, it really elevates this game beyond it. And there's even more stuff that I haven't touched on that I want to save. There are things that are hidden in like the settings menu there are like little like teeny tiny secrets that you can unlock that I'm not going to spoil for the listeners. Cause you really should just get in here and figure it out yourself. Um, but dude, the game goes places. <laughs> like I, ever since you started talking about, a, a, I almost said bamboo. Ever since you started talking about yeah. a baboon God, I just, I was listening like words wanted to come out of my mouth, but the brain just, the, the, uh, it glitched. I, yep. I was absolutely glitched at that moment, just trying to listen, trying to comprehend, frankly, what you were saying. So a lot of weirdness. This, this game is is a lot of weirdness. You I will it. ask, you were you were talking about uh, the, the cards. Yep. And I, I did want to follow up with that. Is there actual like gameplay involved with the cards or is it just kind of collecting them? It's mostly just to, to, to collect them, but there is... Okay. Um, one of the secrets, and again, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say too much about this, but there is a so something this game loves to do is you'll go through one of the menus of the game, right? And like the the game's uh, menu system, by the way, is a clear Smash Ultimate. Like it just looks like the Smash Ultimate main menu, um, and it's like a clear reference. The game, the game's got a ton of reference to like other video games and stuff like that in it. Nice, um, but often you will go to a screen and you will see like something on the screen that you might not know you can interact with, but you can. When you go to the card collection screen, there's a candle there that if you interact with it, I'll just say might put you down a sort of quest path that involves, uh, that involves collecting the cards. Um, so there is sort of a gameplay element to that. And as you do some of these quests for some of these hidden characters in the game, the game has got multiple like NPCs in it that will give you quests. And as you complete the quest, that is how you unlock new tromboners to play as, uh, you can unlock new trombones. You can unlock new trombone sounds. Actually, like when, when you toot with the trombone, it can make a different sound. Um, and this can be anything ranging from different types of brass to like the one that I like to use is actually a chip tune sound that my trombone oh, makes. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> so like there's, there's a lot of like kind of little unlockables like that. One of the tromboners that you can unlock is a like sort of wireframe like test character, you know, that you can sort of play as a lot of them sort of just, I mean, frankly, they kind of look like me's. Like very simply designed. That's what I thought. All the all yeah. the different video and all the different media I saw, they just they do kind of look like Nintendo Me avatars playing mm-hmm. the trombone. I will say the the different trombones you can get, the different tromboners that you can unlock 
Uh, do they affect the gameplay at all? Do any of them have no. like any special skills? Okay, it's all just cosmetic. Yeah, it's all cosmetic. It's all just like you know, who, which character do you want to play as? What color do you want your your trombone to be? You know, what even sort of That's like. Fair. There, there's all kinds of like little things to uh to to unlock and I mean you can genuinely you can get a good amount of time out of this game like just doing that um they also I kind of mentioned before we uh before we went into the segment how they're continuously updating this game uh just this week they and a big reason we wanted to cover this game is just this week they not only added two new Christmas time songs to the game uh which is awesome they uh they even like updated the game to include uh to include uh achievements. So there's like a whole achievement system in the game now. Like they're just adding this stuff as little free updates. So it's like cool, the Christmas season's coming out. Enjoy Oh Christmas Tree and God Rescue Merry Gentlemen just for free in the game. So like that's neat. And you never know when they're just going to drop stuff like that. They're just continuing to work on it. So uh pretty cool. You can play with up to 4 players. I will say because we did do four-player co-op at Extra Life on Trombone Champ. I will say, the game gets a little laggy when you have four players. So okay. if, you're do- if you're doing four-player, like with two players, it's fine. But with four players, it does get, like, there there is noticeable lag. Um, we did encounter that. And I don't know if that was just because, like, everybody was in close proximity. I, like, I don't know what the factors are. But there was noticeable latency. So do be aware of that. But if you're just doing your, like I played this game co-op with my wife, just the two of us, it works perfectly. Um, Another thing that's kind of genius about this game and a way that like this game has really sort of circumvented and become bigger than the sum of its parts. Again, this game's got dozens of songs in it. Um, That's, that was going to be my next question is, you know, ultimately, ultimately the, the tromboning, you know, rhythm esque based gameplay is still going to be the heart of the experience. And when it comes to any game like this, we talked about it with Samba de Amigo earlier on in the year. A lot of it is going to come down to like how many songs, how much gameplay essentially is on offer here. So I was very interested to hear exactly how big the track list for this game was. Obviously we just talked about them adding the two songs for Christmas, but uh, what does that bring the total up to now? 58 tracks is what we currently have in the game. Um, Now, the way they've done this, so seven of the tracks are actually original compositions because one of the people in the game is is actually a musician as well. So the the way they handle it, there's um, the, I I don't, I think his name's Dan. Um, He sort of like handles like the programming and like the music and stuff. And then his wife handles like the art. And stuff like that. So they're they're like a like a husband and wife duo. They've also got two songs in here that are contributed by third party artists. Um, so that's cool as well. Um, the rest of the tracks, the forty nine other tracks, are public domain. So very that makes sense. Like very smart of them to be like, how do we make this sort of rhythm game with a you know non existent indie budget effectively? Um, yeah. cause like they own all of this. They're, they're self-published self, you know, developed and everything. They, they own a hundred percent of this. Um, yeah. so the way they do it is they work in songs like dance of the sugar plum fairy, like take me out to the ball game. Oh, Canada, old McDonald, Danny boy in the hall, of the mountain King flight of the bumblebee. When the saints go marching in, you know, these are already songs that are 
like made to be played on trombone anyway, but you don't have to pay anything for them because they're public domain. So like, but it's they're all iconic. Smart. They're all immediately, they're all yep. immediately recognizable. Yep. Yeah. Very smart. Very smart of them to do that. And, um, it's the kind of thing where like, even if you're not very familiar with like classical music, you might scroll down through it and be like, Oh, I didn't realize that this is what this is. Like, I know this song. I didn't even realize it. Um, another thing that they do is some of the, like some of the, uh, the music is done as like a remix, uh, like Holy Wow will take a public domain song and they'll remix it. So Jingle Bells is in here. Um, but it's like a jazz remix of Jingle Bells. Uh, Happy Birthday is in here, but it's a ska remix of Happy Birthday, <laughs> right? What, what, what would a ska remix of Happy Birthday even sound like? I, it, it's unique. Uh, we played it for Lockleth on the Nintendo Drive for her birthday live, and it's one of my favorite moments in Nintendo Drive history. Um, it's it's just yeah, it's it's beautiful. Um, Einklein from Mozart is in the game, and there is a trap remix of Einklein. It's very good. Um, there's a remix of Outlang Scene. You know, like that they, they've done some really beautiful stuff. Uh, with you know, with this game, and again, every song comes complete with these like wild, over the top just like dopamine rainbow shooting out of your TV screen backgrounds and effects that go on while you're playing. Um, it's just like a very special and fun game. And it just like, I I feel like, like the totality of this game, it's again, way deeper than the sum of its parts. It is the quintessential indie game story, right? Like husband and wife putting this game together with zero budget utilizing like public domain music and putting it out there and, and seeing great success because of the meme ability of the game. Right. See, that's um, what I'm saying. When this came out on PC last year, yeah, this game was not remotely anywhere near my radar, but then it comes out on PC and immediately I start seeing people associated with some pretty big outlets, you know, your IGNs and Kotaku's polygons of the world. And they start, posting but i was like hey trump trombone champ is is might be my game of the year by the way i'm not kidding about that i'm like what in the world is this thing i started watching videos of it and uh, again like this bizarre kind of off kilter weird tone deaf rhythm-esque gameplay and i was like this game seriously but i kept seeing more and more people talk about it like you've got to play you've got to check it out and then they brought it to the switch they were able to somehow able to 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 bring it to switch unfortunately with a little bit of lag when it comes to four player uh but i i do want to go back to the motion controls for just a second so just to perfectly visualize this the way you control this game is you take one of the joy-cons and I, you point the, the infrared side at your face. Well, that's, that's one of the ways you could play it. Yeah. You, you can, there, there's a few different like options. Um, the way that I actually prefer to play it is just with like the pro controllers gyro. Um, that feels the most accurate to me, but yes, you, you can point the, you can take the infrared and move your hand in front of it. Like, like you can move your hand, like a certain, like you hold it in one hand, you take your other hand and sort of, as if you're using the slide on a trombone, move your hand further or closer to the infrared. And okay. 
like it'll move it up and it'll move the the icon up and down the screen according to the distance your hand is from the infrared. Um, and then you're pressing a button to to yeah. breathe or whatever. Yep. Yep, you're pressing okay. a button to like to to toot. Um <laughs> and you can do that. You can even use like they do have like stick controls if you really want them. You should not play the game that way. Uh <laughs> it is like almost impossible to play the game that way. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely difficult. Uh, but yeah, like the, if you play it with like motion controls, it works really well. I do think that like the, that Joy-Con method, like it's, it's cool. And I'm glad that it's in there. It is kind of a gimmick. Like it doesn't, in my experience anyway, work all that well. Um, like it works as well as you can, but like, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around just like moving your hand closer, you know, or or like further away from like an infrared in order to move notes in a rhythm game. Like it to me never really clicked, but, um, but it's cool that it's in there. You know, that's something you could only do on the Nintendo switch, you know? So it's nice that it does have a little bit of like exclusive functionality. And I think that like for precision, the ultimate way to play is, is yeah. Gyro with the pro controller. That's the way that I prefer to play, but um, it is so cool. How does that, you that work? Options. So you just, you move the, the pro con- you just physically move the pro yep. controller up and down. Yep. You move it up and down. Um, and like, if you can imagine it, like on the left side of the screen, there's like a little dot that yeah. moves up and down and you just have to like, there, there's like a track of, you know, of stuff that's coming at you from the right that you're matching and moving along the line and, you know, and tooting as you hit it, um, holding the right trigger or whatever it is. I think you can actually use like virtually any button to, to toot, um, so, and of course, like there's a ton of uh, accessibility options. You can, you know, mess with your sensitivity, your motion smoothing. You can adjust the timing. Uh, we talked about that. That was something you pointed out with the uh, Highland song last week. Yeah. Um, that you can do that in this game too, um, which is neat. You can also minimize or even like completely remove all of those track, you know, backgrounds that I was talking about. Why um, would you want to? People who have like epilepsy and stuff like that, you know, could be. Oh, you can know, it really get that intense? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like it can get wild. Um, so you can do that. Um, there's also a couple of like very specific. Like there, there is actually like some jump scares that they do in this game. This game, <laughs> really? Yeah, and you can you can turn off the jump scares also in accessibility. So um, there is also an option in the settings menu called Baboon Loyalty, and I will let you discover what that does for yourself. Um, the game has also got about a dozen different languages that it supports. Um, so, I mean, like, there's, you know, again, it's the kind of thing where, like, people kind of laugh this game off, but it's extraordinarily well-made like way deeper than you think. And it just, I think really gets to like the heart of like, what is special about video games? Like this doesn't exist in any other medium, but this trombone champ could not be a book. Trombone champ could not be a movie. You know what I mean? Like this is just this. And, uh, I think it's very, very special. (laughs) I'm actually looking at it on the eShop right now because of our conversation. As I said at the top, you know, I <laughs> when it comes to rhythm-based games and even attempting to play any type of instrument in a virtual landscape, I've I've never really considered myself capable of such things. But doesn't matter. You know, that makes the game it, f- more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It's it's like it's like putt putt golf. The worse you are, the more fun it is, right? Totally. Yeah. Imagine. This, I assume you can still like fail songs though. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the game will just grade you F. Like, I don't even know if you, like, you, I, I think it mostly just, like, grades you an F or something like that. And you but get, you'll like, still less finish the song and you'll Yeah, you'll still finish the song and you'll still get currency. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I've never purposefully failed, but, um, but I think it'll, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure it just grades you an F and you can just, like, keep, keep going. Like, the game's so, you know, casual. I, the best way that I could maybe describe this um, and maybe this is another corollary that it, like the way that what the golf is not a golf game. Trombone champ is not a rhythm game. Right. Okay. 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 <laughs> that's what, okay. that's the best way I think I can describe it. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> so if anybody out there knows what, what the golf is, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. What the I golf love is this game. Amazing. Yeah. I uh, love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here looking. I'm really about to hit. It's only 15 bucks. I didn't realize yep. that. I thought it was like 25 or something. 15 bucks. It's actually like a great deal. Like I said, you like if you wanted to, you could spend a good amount of time, even as a single player game, you could spend a decent little amount of time just sort of uncovering the game's secrets, even as a single player game, if you wanted to. Um so, but as like a party game, it's, it's beautiful. It's hilarious. You know, it'll make you, it'll make you laugh to the point of tears. Um, it's, it's great, man. And I, again, I just like, this is what video games are about, dude. And <laughs> you know, it's so much fun. So, but when it comes to multiplayer, you just have however many people all trying to, to play yep. the same tune and all trying to follow the same track. Yep. And you, uh, and that is about as chaotic as it sounds, yeah, um, it sounds very chaotic. <laughs> so. And with all with all the trombones making toots at the same time. Yep. <laughs> so it just sounds, sounds horrible. Hilarious. Yeah, it's it's it sounds horrible, but it's so so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope somebody was keeping a toot counter while we were talking about that game. But mm. uh yeah, man. Um again, I'm just looking at this on the eShop right now and just the pictures. It looks absolutely wild. I may actually have to, I may have to take the trombone plunge you this should. weekend and check it out. It looks, <laughs> it actually looks super, super fun. If you guys have played trombone champ, if you've checked it out, let us know, reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, join the conversation. Uh, we'll be tooting over in discord about it. I'm <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, man. And it's, like it's what you said, man. That's why I love video games. It's why it's such a special medium. And like I said in the intro, why I love studios like this that are keeping these non-traditional control methods alive, because when they're implemented in fun and creative ways, you can, you can create something truly magical. Sure. You know, there's a lot of games out there that are amazing that, still fit within the confines of a more traditional control scheme. Sure. You've got your buttons and your, your D pad, your control stick and what have you. But when you start to think outside the box, like there's, there's some magical things that can happen. And, uh, I, I love the way you were talking about this game. I might actually have to try it, but, uh, but that actually brings us into our top five for all holiday office, uh, party because, you know, Holy Wow Studios, thankfully, isn't the only studio out there 
still making games with motion controls. It were uh, they were popularized on the Nintendo Wii many, many, many years ago, and you, Seth, uh, you and I have very fond memories of you know stuff like Wii Sports and uh, Mario Kart, uh, Mario Kart Wii, and you know even weird stuff like Red Steel. But since the Nintendo Wii. Studios have been continuing. They've been continuing to hold the torch. They've been continuing the legacy of great motion control experiences. And we are going to count down our favorites since the Nintendo Wii this week in the top five. All right, Eric, the top five modern motion control games. What are the rules? Well, for this, we are talking about those motion control titles on Nintendo consoles that are still carrying the torch for motion control since the Nintendo Wii. So all games post Nintendo Wii, which means we are considering games from the Wii U, the Switch, but even the DS and 3DS. So all motion control games from those consoles are being considered, my friend. and. When it comes to most control games, we're not saying that most controls are the only control option. We are saying that within the context of the game, most controls are the definitive way to experience the title. Right. Yeah. I mean, we just we just talked about Trombone Champ. Shout outs to Trombone Champ, but it's not on the Absolutely. list. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But but still, there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, absolutely. And putting this list together, it was actually kind of difficult for us. There are some really, really interesting cases of post-Wii motion controls. And honestly, that just makes me happy. A couple games that had a little bit of a moment, a couple games that deserve more of a moment, but that's why we're here, my friend. We're here to talk about those fun, those interesting, those creative controlled experiences that uh, got us up off of our seats, that got us punching the air, sometimes literally, that got us moving and shaking in order to give us the most immersive video game experience possible. And going directly into our number five, we are starting off with the Nintendo Switch and Super Mario Party. Good game. This was actually like we when we were talking about this. This came to both of our minds pretty much immediately. Yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of like you know uh, a game that we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the show, WarioWare, Super Mario Party, uh, or the Mario Party franchise rather, now has two separate iterations on it, and. You know, if you are much more comfortable with more traditional style Mario Party experiences, we have Mario Party Superstars, which collects a lot of the elements from the first three. However, if you want something a little more off the wall, you want something a little bit more unique, something a little bit more involved, I do very highly recommend checking out the other Mario Party on Nintendo Switch. Super Mario Party is a ton of fun. And this may be a hot take for some people. I still prefer it to Mario Party Superstars. That's just me. I don't know if I can go that far. However, uh, I do think, and this is something that that we've both said, you know, on, on the show before, it is nice that like both of these games can exist very well on their yeah. own on the Switch. Like, they do feel like independent experiences. I mean, largely because 
of Super Mario Party's reliance on motion controls for its mini games. Like you can't play that game with a normal controller. You have to use a Joy-Con. Yeah, specifically a detached Joy-Con. A single detached Joy-Con is how you play Super Mario Party. And Super Mario Party really felt like the extension. It felt like the next evolution of what 1-2-Switch was. And I do think 1-2-Switch was a little underrated, but it did give us a very good kind of idea of some of the more nuanced, some of the more interesting uh, options available for what Nintendo's brand new Joy-Con toys could do. And I think that Nintendo took that idea and absolutely ran with it. And that's where we get Super Mario Party from. One of the things that I always kind of come back to is the weirdly delicious looking spam cube that you're constantly having to flip within the pan is one of the more standout mini games. Yeah. That's such a good one. But like that's just one example of of a ton of them. The uh you know, the other elements, the other design elements of the game are fine. I enjoy the the, uh, the tables. I think there aren't enough tables in the game, but I think they're well designed. Uh, but the mini games, Mario Party games always come down to the mini games. And every single one of them has a new, unique, weird, offbeat control scheme that you have to wrap your mind around so that, you know, you, you're not the first one thrown off the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I really love, you know, a lot of the, you know, the really unique motion control based mini games in there. Like there's that one where when you're playing with four players, like there's two teams of two and you have to fit the shapes, you know, to to fit into each other properly. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. There's one uh, where you have to like shake candy out of a dish uh, oh, faster than everyone else. Oh, that one's so hard. Yeah, I that love it. That so hard. But yeah, there's... Like there, there's a ton of them. There, there's a ton of really fun. The the team up mini games uh, are great. There's the uh, uh, oh man, just so many. I keep thinking about how hungry I am for the spam cube though. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, and it also I I love the uh, even in that like what's it called like the river raid or whatever mode where you uh, yeah. where you like physically row the boat, yeah. you know. Uh, that's a really good mode too. It's it's a really good game, man. Like Super Mario Party and Super and uh, Mario Party Superstars, like they're their own things. And I I really kind of love that our two Mario Party games on Switch are that different. Yeah, if you've got a party going on, then it is just an absolutely fantastic game to break out. If you've got four people, you've got four Joy Cons. There aren't too many more fun experiences you can have on the Nintendo Switch. Definitely check out Super Mario Party if you haven't already. And like the like just the weird stuff that they do with the dice, like actually punching up to hit the that's such a great oh I love that touch yeah, so much. Pretty good. But going into our number four, I mean you guys knew me. You knew I had to fit a fighting game in here. <laughs> our number four is arms. Arms man. What a game. Good game. I'm going to like, it's one of the most underrated games on Nintendo Switch. I really feel like that's true because it came out so early in the Nintendo Switch's lifespan. It came out in what, July 2017. It came out just four months after the Nintendo Switch itself did. It almost feels like it came out on a previous Nintendo console or something. And I don't know if a lot of people really knew how to wrap their minds around it because as Nintendo is wont to do, they took a genre and put an incredibly unique and incredibly creative spin 
on it. You know, you ask Nintendo to do a competitive shooter and they come up with something like Splatoon. You yeah. ask Nintendo to do a modern fighting game and they come up with something like ARMS. This over the shoulder, I mean, like even frankly behind the back uh, perspective where you're playing as these weird characters who have literal springs, coils for limbs, and at the end are various weird uh, weapons that do a a ton of weird things. And you actually have to punch. You are holding a Joy-Con in each hand, and you actually have to punch your individual hands out to throw your weapons out to try to hit your opponent. And you actually can tilt them both to one side to move either left or right. You can throw them both out at the same time to attempt to grab your opponent. Uh, The characters themselves are very unique. The different customizable weapons that you can give all do really unique and interesting things. So there's a lot of tactics that comes in. They all have a ton of personality. Uh, There's some fun, unlockable hidden bosses. They supported the game with several free extra characters after the game came out. But we're here talking specifically just about the motion controls. And that made the game... Equal parts fun and infuriating sometimes because I did find some bad matchups sometime. Sure. And I did, I did certainly get my tail handed to me, but it's one of those things where I felt like this real competitive drive. It wasn't, it it was a good kind of anger. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I'll say too, like the, the neat thing about arms that I really kind of, respect is like i i feel you know precision is such an important part of any fighting game like being able to perform things consistently accurately really important part of playing a competitive fighting game and arms like motion controls are typically anyway the antithesis of that idea and arms like found a way to make that viable unique in the space there's not another fighting game that's like arms and like Yeah, and, like, it genuinely feels good to play the game that way, to be able to, like, throw the punch and, like, get that little bit of curve, like, at the end of the punch and trip up your opponent. It it really is a unique idea, and I'm still hopeful. ARMS, you know, like, it it does feel underrated. For a new IP, it actually sold decently well, and I I am still hopeful that maybe someday we get ARMS to legs. (laughs) (laughs) Legs. I will say... Just here at the end, I played a ton of ARMS in 2017. I put a lot of hours into that game. I never once said to myself, stupid controller. Right. Yeah. Nothing I ever did, I felt like, was... I, I didn't feel like I ever got an incorrect read from my most controls. The The few times that I thought I did, I kind of looked over at my limb and realized I was like, oh, that's positioned completely incorrectly. Because the like you can throw your hands out in a way that, you know, will will turn your punches. You can actually mm-hmm. throw hooks. It's not always just straight. You can actually throw hooks and, and curve your punches a little bit. And I was like, ah, why is it? And then I realized what I was doing with my body. And I'm like, I actually, you, you actually have to train yourself a little bit to this game. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) I don't know, maybe I actually got, maybe I actually developed legitimately really good punching form there for a few months. I don't know. 
but it's not just the fighting. Obviously, ARMS is a fighting game, but they incorporated those motion controls into a an incredibly fun volleyball game and an incredibly fun basketball game within arms too, which were also an absolute blast. So if, you know, the whole fighting aspect wasn't necessarily your cup of tea, the volleyball and, and uh, basketball uh, mini games in arms were, were also a ton, a ton of fun and perfect for any party setting. And that, and that like target break game that you could do where you like, Oh yeah. Where you can unlock new arms and yeah. yeah. It was really cool. What a game. Good game. More people should play arms. Absolutely. Shout out to Um, my girl, Min Min. Yeah. Helix is always going to be my main, but, but they're, they're all great. I mean, the, the, the cast of arms is really good. Oh yeah. Um, Bite and bark and master mummy and headlock and oh yeah. Great, great cast. Always take an opportunity to talk about arms. Well, going into our number three, speaking of a game that I'll always take an opportunity to to speak about, you know, we had to have (laughs) some 3DS representation here on the list. And uh, there is no 3DS game that utilizes the hardware, including its gyro and motion controls, quite like Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. You know I had to do it to him. You know I Mm -hmm. love this game. This is one of my favorites. (laughs) And Rusty's Real Deal Baseball is, for those who don't know this is a game where you know the sort of big like sort of gimmick of it um because like i said this took advantage of everything the 3ds was capable of including the 3ds eShop at the time which is now sadly defunct um but you could go in talk to this character rusty slugger who is like a retired former baseball star who's like sad and is having to raise his kids as a single parent and you can he's selling these baseball themed mini games that you can actually haggle the price of with him and then pay real world money for these mini games are all incredibly well-made, incredibly well-designed, and some of them utilize motion controls in really cool ways. Um, one of them has you like actually aiming and throwing like baseballs, like as if you are a pitcher. Um, one of them has you like twisting and turning a like a a wooden block to carve a bat out of, like making your own bat. Um, one of them has you like balancing a ball at the end, uh, like an actual baseball at the end of your bat. Um, and there's like a million different implementations of the, the 3ds hardware that you can use in Rusty's real deal baseball to play the mini games. And like, it's all excellent. There's not a bad one in the bunch. Like there's not a throwaway game in here. It all works beautifully well. And it is low key. One of the best 3ds games. So had to shout it out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people may be surprised to hear motion controls and handheld. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there there were a couple very notable instances of actual legit motion controls being used on Nintendo's handheld platforms during uh, the late tw- uh, the late 2000s and 2010s. Yeah. And, you know, like other stuff took advantage of like the 3DS's gyro whenever you aim in like Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask 3D. You know, you could use the gyro aiming. That all works good. And, you know, there's there's plenty of examples of this, but shout outs to the 3DS, man. Love the 3DS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going into our number two, though, um, our number two is our Wii U. Uh, representative and the Wii U had a couple of cool, you know, implementations of motion controls, but I really think that Nintendo land is the standout. I mean, Nintendo land is like, if there's, 
a Wii U game, like a lot of Wii U games have been ported to Switch, right? I want. Oh, yeah. Like, I want Nintendo Land 2 on Switch so bad. Oh, my. <laughs> like, oh. I think that's what Nintendo thought everyone or everybody want to Switch was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what Nintendo thought that was supposed to be. But no, Nintendo Land, for those who don't know about it, which is an unfortunately large number, it was effectively the Wii Sports for the Wii U. It was the tech demo, but it was this wonderfully packaged Nintendo uh, amusement park. And all of the different mini games and all the different things you can do were built around these fun mini game style motion controls. It was it was kind of almost like a Mario Party spinoff, a little Mario Party flavor for sure. I mean, like yeah. you've got you've got like a Donkey Kong themed mini game where you're like kind of using the gamepad and like tilting the controller to sort of like make this cart roll through. Like it looks like the original Donkey Kong, like. Um, like you know, girders and stuff. Card, yeah, yeah, like that. That all is great. There's obviously plenty of um. There's like archery and sword uh Zelda mini games in there because Nintendo Land is all. It's themed like a Nintendo theme park, and you go to these different areas of the theme park, and there's like a Zelda section, a Pikmin section, an Animal Crossing section. It's so great, man. And uh, most of these are just really well done. Um, you've got the Metroid like deep space shootout that you can do as well. Um, yeah, there's there's like the the way that that game utilized uh, the the hardware, the the motion controls of the gamepad, the other players using like asynchronous multiplayer with the Wii remote that still does work on the Wii U. Um, yeah, really really good, great game. Yeah incredibly underrated came packaged like it was a packing title and it's been a while but i can't get a bundle with it yeah yeah there was bundles yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it was it was so so interesting a great way really did feel like a true evolution of what we sports the we sports franchise was supposed to be so i was very very disappointed that when i got my nintendo switch that it didn't come with a copy of nintendo land 2 That would have been nice. But before we reveal our number one pick, do we have some honorable mentions? Yes, we uh, more honorable than than most, as a matter of fact, because several of our honorable mentions actually spent a little bit of time on the list themselves before being bumped. Uh, Number six has probably got to be give me toilet paper. Right. Shout outs to give me toilet paper, man. I love that game. <laughs> give me toilet paper. For those who don't know, I was a huge champion for that, but I discovered that game, by the way, before the internet took it and ran, I that's was the true. first one. I was the first bite at the apple for give me toilet paper. Um, that's a game where you take the joy con, you put it inside of a toilet paper <laughs> roll and you navigate a sort of obstacle platformer by rolling the toilet paper uh, roll on a flat surface. So just talk about, you know, fun, innovative implementation of motion controls. So good. Yeah. See, that game had a moment. When I say it had a moment, it was like a moment. It can, yeah. it felt like that game was the biggest thing on the internet for like three days. But mm. uh, it was such a it was such a creative use of the control because it forced you to find things around your house. You couldn't just play with 
the controller. You actually had to find a flat surface. There was no Nintendo branded flat surface for you to play this game with. So you had to find that and you actually had to find a toilet paper roll or some accompanying equally sized uh, you know, container to put it in to play this game with. Again, so creative, so interesting. And I do hope that I do hope that other developers are looking at interesting control methods because just simply for it being as wacky and unique as it was, it gained a ton of uh, a ton of notoriety because of that. So yeah, shout outs to give me toilet paper, man. Great game. Yeah, great game. And and like we we've mentioned Wii Sports a couple of times. Shout out to Switch Sports, which I mean like, you know, that game's got issues. I wish they would have supported it for longer and and just harder than they did, but look man, Wii Bowling is still very much intact there. True <laughs> story. Know? That like, was the first thing I did when I booted up Switch Sports, Nintendo course. Switch Sports, was go to Wii Bowling. And they've got like this weirdly great uh like uh, obstacle-based bowling course that you can go through it's a ton of fun ton of fun love what they did with soccer a lot of really cool stuff going on and um i think a lot of people seth might be even more surprised than they were to hear that the nintendo 3ds had some motion control games i think they might even be more surprised to hear the nintendo ds actually had a legit motion control game yeah, the a-, a singular motion control <laughs> game. Uh, Tony Hawk's Motion. Uh, look, man, shout out to Tony Hawk. Say what you will about those games in that era of Tony Hawk. They, they were bad, right? They were bad. We can all agree they were bad. But, like, they were unique. And he was trying stuff. And the the DS Motion Pack was a little cartridge that you would put in the GBA slot on the Nintendo yep. DS. And it would, it would, you know, be motion, it would be gyro controls, motion controls, like an accelerometer in that thing that you would use to control that game. Apparently it was really bad. That doesn't shock me, but he tried it, man. And shout outs for him for trying it. He was the only one that did it. All right. <laughs> shout outs, Tony Hawk. Gave it the old college try, the old DS try. You know what? I don't care what people say. I thought Labo was really cool, man. It was cool. It was that that's that's a moment too. Nintendo tried it, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of creativity and innovation that I want to continue to see from Nintendo. They tried it, man. You could do like you you could build like a little like gun, you could build an elephant trunk, you yeah. could build like a bird. <laughs> like And I really like I legitimately like that Nintendo was attempting to to inspire creativity in young people when they were putting Mm -hmm. this out because they specifically put it out as this kind of bland cardboard looking product. But one of the, the key marketing features of this, they were trying to sell this as, Hey, this is a blank canvas for you to, you know, express your artistry with. They were really trying to get people's like, Hey, we're doing this so that you can make these look like whatever you want you know, make this look like a blaster or paint flowers on the sides or put little stickers or bedazzle this thing, you know, do what you want with it. You know, they were creating a very unique gaming experience, but they were also basically also like arts and crafts gaming. Yeah. You can make a piano out of that thing. It's really, really cool idea. That was really cool. The piano was really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Shout outs to um in <laughs> this is this is kind of a fun thing to to shout out in uh in Pokemon X and Y Inkay's evolution, how you have to yeah. evolve Inkay. Yeah. That's fun. Motion based. <laughs> raise your hand if you didn't have to look up how to evolve Inke. raise your hand you're a liar everybody who raised your hand you're a liar we all had to look that up there's not a single person on earth who didn't have to look that up I mean like how would uh, you have known like unless you were like unless you're a game, literal bat <laughs> yeah you're, you're just like playing the game hanging off of your bed upside down oh i hit level 30 and it just evolved that seems legit no you know nothing <laughs> interesting here you know so yeah i had to had to shout that out really fun i love that i wish there were more evolutions like that that's really really cute i do too it's cute but again like i had no clue how to do it. i did have no. to look it up yeah no way <laughs> but uh lastly here we just want to shout out i mean just the cavalcade of different games that utilize gyro controls to varying degrees, even, you know, stuff like alien isolation, stuff like, you know, the new Zelda games, even stuff like Seth mentioned on uh, the 3ds uh, Ocarina of time, Majora's mask on both use gyro controls really well. Of course, Splatoon is an incredibly famous example yeah. of using gyro controls to to make even to make your aiming even more precise. Just even that simple tweak, it doesn't feel like a big uh, pioneering step or a, you know, a massive step forward for most controls, but just that extra little precision when you're playing a game that requires that can honestly be the difference between an enjoyable and a non-enjoyable experience. Yeah. Or a casual and competitive experience. I mean, competitive Splatoon players like they're they're like I'm playing with the gyro control and that's it. You know, like that it's the first and last word for competitive splatoon play. So, that's me. I always play with with gyro controls on splatoon from from the tutorial onward. I love the way that feels. So, yeah, shout outs to all the the games that are able to utilize gyro controls to give you an even more precise uh, aiming experience on console games. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. But going into our number one, um, our number one is a very, very special experience that the Nintendo Switch uh, has given us in the in the Switch era, a game that I think goes a little undersung despite actually an absurd amount of popularity when it came out and also the timing of its release. Um, very perfect. Our number one is Ring Fit Adventure, um, yeah. which is, you know, sort of like the switches follow up to Wii fit, but it's so much deeper than that. Oh dude. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> if you were trying to put ring fit in the same franchise as if you're trying to put ring fit in the same franchise as Wii fit, it feels like the seventh installment of yeah. that franchise. It's, it's light years ahead of what Wii fit was doing. We fit and Wii fit plus were great, especially for people who were looking for that type of application on your video game console. If you were looking to get into shape, do some yoga, do some exercises, that was a great application. But Ring Fit turned it into a legitimately fun and interesting adventure that just happened to incorporate physical fitness into the gameplay. Ring Fit is an RPG. Like, it is. Like, Ring Fit has... Levels and stats and items and bosses and turn-based combat. 
like Ring Fit is a is a fitness RPG. Um, and the way that it utilizes motion is really cool and important. Not only do you have the ring itself, which the Joy-Con's motion sensor can detect the like amount of resistance uh, and the vibration of you pushing in or pulling out that ring, you attach via a leg strap that they developed and you attach that to your leg so it can tell how you're moving um, with incredible accuracy because you do, as you mentioned, end up doing like yoga poses and planking and like, yeah, like it can detect like Pilates and stuff like this. I mean, it's, inc- it's incredibly impressive. They ended up adding a rhythm game to it, um, which also utilizes the motion and the ring. But my favorite, it's, it's a small, teeny, tiny little touch. But my single favorite thing, motion-based thing in Ring Fit Adventure is whenever you complete a level at the very end, you have to squat and then jump in the air, like lift your hand in the air, like in victory. And you have to burpee at the end of each stage. <laughs> you, you have to like, you, you just, you, you just go, yeah, like go me. Like I just did that, you know? And like something about that little tiny touch is so like, like, like just that, that celebratory moment at the end of a workout like that is, is beautiful. It teaches you things like how the importance of stretching, it can even use the, uh, the IR sensor to detect your heart rate and your pulse. Cause you put your thumb over it really cool. The game fun fact about this. And we've talked about this on the show before, but it, it bears repeating. Um, the game has sold over 15 million copies. It came out just months before the pandemic started. So it led to a lot of popularity, that game's surge in sales made it the best-selling new RPG IP since Kingdom Hearts. So, that's just a funny stat. <laughs> that sentence doesn't even sound like it's in English. It's like there's there's no way that those words can be put in that order and for it to work. But, yeah, sure enough, that's a thing. And people have been trying to make working out they've been trying to make physical fitness interesting for decades i mean for centuries even because for a lot of people that's the biggest barrier to entry is you have to go and for half an hour an hour or even longer than that you have to do something that's physically exhausting that may even be borderline painful and it's not even enjoyable while you're doing it ring fit legitimately made getting in shape enjoyable like actually fun and interesting it still you know was uncomfortable and it still hurt in the way that uh exercise does but you were invested in what you were doing and you wound up in better shape at the end of the day because of it so i love what ring fit was able to do i it breaks my like actually breaks my heart a little bit that they haven't followed it up yet i've actually been I really thought we were going to get Ring Fit 2 by now. That's one of the reasons I didn't pick it up a while ago. If I had known that we were going to go this long without Ring Fit 2, I would have just bought, uh, I would have, I own probably five copies at this point, but it honestly disappoints me. We don't already have Ring Fit 2 or even Ring Fit 3 by now. I really love the game. Yeah, I I would love it if they if they did Ring Fit. My biggest thing with Ring Fit Two, um, for Doug Bowser who's listening, um, when you do Ring Fit Two on Switch Two, please just incorporate co op, like local co op, because I would love to play this with my wife. Um, you know, I'll buy another ring. 
you know, we'll, we'll do the whole thing. I just want co-op like proper co-op in the game. Um, really cool, man. And, and this is another thing, the, the last point I'll make about this and, and another big reason why it kind of deserves to be number one. Um, you know, this is something that Iwata really cared about. They, Nintendo had like this big, they called it their quality of life program where they were working on all this stuff from, you know, from, from Wii Fit to even, you know, that, uh, that Wii Vitality sensor they were working on for a long time. You know, those thoughts and concepts carried forward into the Switch era and Ring Fit Adventure almost feels like the ultimate culmination of those ideas that Iwata had in place back on the Nintendo Wii. So that also just gives it, I think, a special air to it. Um, it really is a special game. So I, I hope people uh, give Ring Fit Adventure uh, a look. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, let's hit our list, my friend, one last time our number five is of course super mario party our number four is arms our number three was rusty's real deal baseball our number two was nintendo land and our number one was ring fit adventure and we would love to hear what your favorite motion control video games are, especially the ones since the nintendo wii are you a big fan of super mario party are you is Tony Hawk Motion, your favorite video game of all time. <laughs> Let us know. Reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, we'd love, we'd love to hear from you. But continuing the, you know, speaking of love, continuing the love for motion controls. You know, we talked about Trombone Champ a little earlier, and we even referenced a certain wah franchise when we were talking about the top five and sure enough a while back this year we got another brand new installment in the legendary warioware series and like the mario party franchise where super mario uh, super mario party and mario party superstars exist at the same time on the switch because of how different they are in terms of their experience uh, WarioWare uh, get it together and uh, this new game are quite quite different and uh, I can't wait to hear my uh, my amazing co-host explain all the reasons why here's the deal it's been a month and a half since WarioWare movie came out of course my break happened wasn't able to talk about it I like this is one of my favorite video game franchises all right this this had to happen. It's a crime that it has taken us this long to finally talk about Wario Move It, uh, WarioWare Move It. And I'm just going to say too, this is one of, if not maybe the single most underrated, like first party Nintendo game of the year. Everybody is sleeping on this game, and uh, I'm excited to tell you all why it is worth. Well, your there's time. the review, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to, to tell you guys why we're going to, you know, get our boomerang flower, throw it out, capture WarioWare, move it from early November, pull it forward into mid-December, and we're going to give it a boomerang review for WarioWare, move it. All right, so let's get this holiday party in 
gear. If you've never joined us for an all-in review before, just a couple things right off the bat. If you are expecting to hear some type of star rating or numerical rating to gauge the entirety of the quality of this experience, that is not something that we do. Just a single number, a single rating just seems so arbitrary when it comes to how rich and deep and expansive video games, especially now, have come to be. So we don't do that. We're just going to give you, mostly Seth in this case, is going to give you his full unabated thoughts about the game and you being the incredibly uh, amazing, incredibly intelligent, incredibly, have you been working out? incredibly handsome individuals that you are you can make your own decisions about whether or not you will decide to jump into said experience uh so sorry metacritic sorry open critic that's just not what we do but in going along with this idea of games being really nuanced really expansive experiences for the sake of keeping things coherent and us not just simply rambling you know like i'm doing right now we tend to break down our review discussions into four separate categories first and foremost we are going to talk about the game's narrative its story what is going on with the lore of the game then we would talk about the game's presentation how does it look how does it run how is the art direction next we'll talk about the game's sound it's a music it's audio design and all things ear candy and then finally last but certainly not least we're going to talk about you know like the actual gameplay the things that make video games video games, and in our humble opinions, far and away, the most important aspect of any interactive entertainment experience. And especially when it comes to the gameplay of a WarioWare title, uh, well, let's just say that the explanation itself can get a little wonky, but we will get to all of that in due time. Seth, how you doing, my friend? Doing good. I'm excited to talk about this because I, uh, y- y'all know, I'm a huge WarioWare fan, and uh, particularly, I mean, WarioWare Smooth Moves on the Nintendo Wii is, I mean, among my favorites. Like, it's never gonna quite, you're never gonna topple the first one for me. That's just one of my favorite games of all time. Um, on the on the GBA, I that game is just truly, truly special. But Smooth Moves yeah. is probably my number two. Um. I, I really love that game. So when this game was coming out and it was, I mean, literally in Japan, it's smooth moves too. Um, like, and it's clear from the second we saw it, um, that, that, that was what they were going for here. Um, yeah, like it was, it was special. I was hyped for it. This game came out during extra life. So I didn't get a ton of opportunity to play it until I got home <laughs> from extra life. That's right. That's right. Didn't like Bowser bring her copy to yeah. extra life just to taunt you with it. No, not to, not to taunt me with it, but she, she did bring it. Uh, she did get it like while we were at extra life and, uh, and played it a little bit, but we just, you know, there's so much extra life is like you wind up falling into Suica game holes, you know, and then before you know it, uh, hours have elapsed and you haven't played enough WarioWare. So, and then by the time you get to the end of the night, you're like, I'm not trying to get up and move. I'm just trying to survive. Um, so yeah, we, we didn't get to play it too, too much at extra life, unfortunately, but when I got home, it was game on. Um, and my wife and I played 
basically the entire campaign together in co-op. Uh, I played a bunch of it by myself, especially some of the like post-game unlocks by myself, and I've had a ton of fun with this game. I, I said it, you know, at the top, but like, I truly think that this game is like horribly underrated for this year, and I I understand, I know that. Like, this has been a crazy year for everybody, and, like, money's a factor, time's a factor, but, like, this game deserved better than it got. It's really good, and I kind of hope that in the new year, when things slow down, people give it another chance, because um, I really, really love it. But uh, I guess to get into the narrative, the story um, of WarioWare Move It, such as it is, this is a WarioWare game. Um, yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. Is like, Seth, what's been going on with our favorite garlic swigging video game developer to be? Yeah, so <laughs> the the plot setup of this one, um, it does not take place in Diamond City like most of the WarioWare games do. Instead, it takes place uh, at a vacation resort called Carezaway Island. And there's a TV commercial that advertises like uh, a chance to go to the island, like a all expenses paid, you know, vacation getaway to Carsway Island uh, with the purchase of a garlic burger. And so Wario just buys like a million garlic burgers because he's Wario um, and ends up winning the trip to Carsway Island for him and all of his friends come along too. Um when they get there, uh, you know, it's very much kind of like a Hawaii stand-in, so they're all wearing kind of vacation clothes. But one of the things they give uh, to the uh, the WarioWare crew is they give them these things called form stones, which are these sort of like ancient, uh, you know, like stones that hold a certain power. And they're, they're Joy-Con is basically what they are. Um, <laughs> they're, they're literally just stone Joy-Con. Um, and from there, the gang kind of splits off and does their own adventures. They, you know, every, just like in traditional WarioWare fashion, you kind of go through a world map, you select a character's minigames, and you do kind of like a loose story. You know, Mona is doing some like deep sea diving where she like meets mermaids. Uh, Dr. Krigor and Penny and Mike go time traveling and they like are posing for a caveman to do cave art of them. Um, you know, like they, they all have these kind of like loose little stories that are basically just framing for the mini games that you're going to be doing. Um, but yeah, like it's a WarioWare game. There's not much in the way of story here. Let's be real. I do like the, the fun little, cause that's been an element of WarioWare yeah. since the very first game is the fact that, you know, the, the supporting cast all get their own kind of little wacky micro narratives, just like the game itself is filled with micro games. Each of the different characters, you know, have a, like a little micro arc. They have a fun little quick little journey that you can go on while you're, you know, playing these games in the background. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat. I, um, you know, it's, it's like a nice, like framing device to it. Um, and I, I think it kind of helps push you along, but it certainly is not, you know, it's not going to make you cry. It's not like some weaving. There's not like a ton of like plot. I don't know how much garlic's involved. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's nothing too serious, but, uh, but it is fun. Like it's, it's a fun way to just sort of like propel you along and like, you know, like most WarioWare games, you know, these are built around replayability, the sort of like arcadey nature of them. So, 
very much in line with most WarioWare games. You'll get through it in just a couple of hours, you know, maybe two, maybe three hours if you're really pushing it. Um, you know, you'll, you'll blitz through the single player or the co-op campaign very, very quickly. Um, so, you know, this is nothing, the, the story is not what you come to WarioWare for. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's, but it's the same thing that we kind of come to expect. Like there is a setup. Each yeah. of the characters have their own little, like narrative style vignettes. So, it, but it is kind of on par with what we expect from the series, at least. Very much so. So, yeah, if you're if you're a Wario fan, you you kind of know what you're getting into here. Very nice. Now, when it comes to presentation and WarioWare games, the answer has basically always just been yes, all of it. And I've got to imagine that's similar to the narrative. That also holds true for Smooth Moves too. Yeah, this one's cool because, um, you know, Get It Together, the the other WarioWare game on the Switch, did this uh, this really interesting like gameplay gimmick where you individually play as all of these different characters, and they kind of made these yes. like chibiified versions of the characters, and it kind of like created this interesting juxtaposition with that game's art style, where you had like the little 3D chibi models of those characters kind of interacting with the mini games. Um, this Which one were often a completely different art style. Right. So like that was a little bit strange. I do love get it together, but, but that was a little bit strange. This one feels much more like cohesive because this is a much more like traditional war. I mean, if you've played smooth moves like this, it is more of that. Um, and so, like, everything feels a little bit more cohesive, I guess, as a result. Um, it's still got that very, like, clean, crisp Kotakauchi art that the series is known for. Um, you know, you mentioned, like, the, the cast of characters. One thing that is really cool is, like, a lot of characters um, are kind of crammed into this game. It really feels like a who's who of, like, WarioWare history. They've even brought in, like, obscure characters from WarioWare Gold, like, 13 Amp, who, um, <laughs> who appeared in, like, a game, and now she's back in this. And, you know, so there's, like, some some really kind of like fun Easter eggs and stuff like that visually for uh, for WarioWare fans, and of course, as is true of the entire WarioWare series, all of the micro games have completely disparate art styles that range anywhere from like you know painterly hand drawn stuff to very crude polygonal stuff to, as we'll get to, just straight up Nintendo games. So yep. You know, that's the stuff. This is, again, kind of what you whatever you have in your head when you think about smooth moves, when you think about WarioWare, that is what this game is from like a visual presentation perspective. I will say when it comes to like the packaging of Wario and the like what amounts to the world map and yeah. the menus and, and even everything like that. In terms of the art style, that's always had a very erratic kind of arcadey look to it, but there was always a cohesiveness to the art direction outside of the mini games. What do you think of the presentation? What do you think of kind of the the UI within uh, Smooth Moves Two? I'm going to keep calling it Smooth Moves Two because that's just what it is. It's officially, you know, you're not going to see Smooth Moves Two if you go buy it at uh, the store. It's going to be WarioWare Move It, but I mean. 
yeah smooth I, moves too i mean it is yeah the, so the the kind of world map and ui and everything is like the the Carsway island like it just is the island itself and while you're still warioware always has like this sort of like tiered structure where it's like hey you're gonna play you know, whatever this person's mini games, then that person's mini games. Maybe you can pick between two or three later on, but like ultimately, you're just gonna kind of go from character to character on a pretty like straightforward, bespoke world map until you eventually play them all. Um, and that's like pretty much it. But the you know the the art and like the the way it's all kind of like tied together. There's like a um, on the museum, for example they always have a way for you to go back and play like individual mini games that, that, you know, could be favorites for you. Um, and they kind of structure that as like a museum on the Island. There's like a movie theater on the Island. If you want to go back and watch cutscenes and stuff like that, you know? So like they, they have like some, some sort of like flair there and yeah, it looks, it looks pretty. It's all in that, that kind of, yeah. Kotakauchi art and, um, always good to look at. Very nice. Very nice. I really like just the, the, the controlled chaos of the warrior word. That's probably my favorite aspect of the games is just seeing how they're able to take such ridiculously simple gameplay experiences, but still make them memorable through, you know, by, by filtering them through this incredibly bizarre, trippy, uh, just in, bonkers uh filter so uh i assume there's uh, again over 200 of those so you're probably going to be seeing a lot of a lot of different things pop up on your screen over the course of your two and a half hour playthrough yeah yeah i mean it's it's all over the place visually which is you know what we've come to expect (laughs) of course but going into the music sir going into the audio design Um, I am actually more interested in the audio design of this as well, because the audio design can actually come into play in the game because there is so much going on in WarioWare titles. The audio design is actually pretty important for cues and, uh, you know, in between the micro games and trying to keep up a certain rhythm. Like there is a rhythm. It's not a rhythm game, but there is definitely a rhythm to the game, if that makes sense. So I wonder how does WarioWare move it? Uh, how, how does that pull it off? Yeah, certainly. Um, there, there's definitely like that that sense of rhythm that you're talking about with WarioWare. That sense of like the the speed and immediacy. You're getting into micro games that you know you're going to do for you know a couple of seconds, you know, at a time. I mean, it's so fast. It's boom, 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 and it is all about with with this one the flow is a little bit different because you're also having to assume these different forms. I'll talk about that a little bit more when we get into the gameplay, but the, so the flow is a bit different there, but the audio cues are still the same. Like the way that you come into a micro game and then it like vocalizes what you're supposed to do, you know, and, and you kind of just with just a couple of words kind of know what you're meant to do. Right. Um, that's, that's kind of what WarioWare has always done and it continues to do it here. Um, the music itself really good. Um, it is like, you know, kind of again in line with the standard that WarioWare has always set. One thing that this game does that I do really like is when it comes to the like sort of returning themes of past characters, uh, like when Penny pops up, 
Penny's got a great theme song that debuted in um in WarioWare Get It Together. It's um, really good. And so they play with that. Like Penny's theme song kind of kind of comes in and melds in when Penny's involved, you know, which is really good. Um, you know, they work in sort of I'll talk about this a little bit more in the gameplay, but we'll be happy to hear about the return of a certain red bird uh, in this one. One of your biggest complaints <laughs> with Get It Together was alleviated with this game, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, what? Yes. What, your, your biggest complaint with Get It Together was alleviated with WarioWare Move It, and we'll get into it. Uh, okay, but- guys, we'll finish this episode <laughs> later on. I need to go buy this game right now. <laughs> <laughs> but WarioWare Move It, like what I'm referring to, and you know what I'm referring to, um, there is a classic theme to that that is also redone for WarioWare Move It as well in this mode. Um, and that's also very good. So, you know, th- there are like, overall, I would say that the music and the audio of the game is kind of just like what you expect, kind of par for the course, but I do love the way they have worked in some classic WarioWare themes and motifs from past games. It really just kind of feels like a big love letter um, to the point where like, you know, and something I've been thinking a lot about with this game, like this game did not do well. It did not sell well. And it's kind of a miracle that we have it at all. Um, And if this is the one we go out on, I'll feel okay about it because the music kind of feeds into that level of like fan service that I, you know, that, that I sort of really appreciate. Um, another thing I want to give a quick mention to is that the game, unlike get it together, uh, because get it together was sort of, you know, this, um, this, this sort of like low budget, you know, uh, sort of thing did not have very much voice acting in it at all. WarioWare move. It is fully voice acted. Um, even in the cutscenes, fully voice acted. And this also is the, the debut of Kevin Afghani's Wario. Um, oh, yeah. So that's another sort of interesting thing about this, is this is the first Kevin Afghani Wario game. And I will say, while, while his Mario went down smooth and easy for me, his Wario, not so much. Like, his, his Wario is like... Like I, I, it takes some getting used to for me. I'm going to need to hear it in a few more games for it to really grow on me. There's like a aggression. I feel like to his Wario, like his Wario sounds like way more angry than Martinez ever did. I don't know. Like, like that's the one where I'm like, I can tell the difference. Like his Mario, I feel like feels fairly in line and so does does this Luigi and everything in like Mario uh, Wonder, but this one, his Wario voice definitely feels like a different take on Wario specifically. So that is worth shouting out. Um, it's going to take some getting used to for me personally. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but everybody else on the voice cast does a pretty good job. Everybody's great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all, it's all great. A lot of the um, the characters who were voiced in say WarioWare Gold, so your classic, mm-hmm. you know, your Monas, your Orbulons, your uh, Jimmy T's, they all, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, just have the same voice actors as before. They all sound, you know, like they're supposed to if you've heard these characters voiced before. Um, so yeah, but it's it's great to even just have like the full voice acting at all. Um, it really kind of gives like a a level of quality, I think like it just, it makes everything feel just a little bit 
bigger, I guess, like than it, than it actually is. I don't know. I really appreciate the fact that this game is fully voiced, uh, voiced. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Seth, are we ready to, to start peeling back the layers of this gameplay onion? There's a lot going on here, uh, with the gameplay. So yeah, I think, I think we're ready. Let's get into it. All right, let's get into the gameplay of WarioWare Move It. Just like many aspects of the game, the gameplay of the WarioWare franchise has always been, let's just call it, a little erratic, to say the least. If you've never played a WarioWare game, it is composed of what are called micro games. So in most video games, you have a set of mechanics, you have a gameplay engine that you experience for most of the video game while you're playing it. The WarioWare franchise is essentially a couple hundred very, very small self-contained gameplay experiences that are meant to only take three or four seconds, yep. literally three or four seconds. And it's just the way that these keep getting strung together and keeping things fresh and always doing something different, constantly doing something different. That's always been the MO of the WarioWare franchise. And uh, I mean, by all accounts, that continues here, but it's all, it always comes down to the strength of well, at least since the first game, kind of the strength of the, the gimmick and how good it feels wrapped into what's going on. With Smooth Moves 1 on the Nintendo Wii, as many games did, as Nintendo did with many games on the Nintendo Wii, most controls were heavily, heavily incorporated into the gameplay. Uh, and again, WarioWare Move It is literally smooth moves too. So here we have most controls back front and center. So what's going on, Seth? I love the, the motion controls in this game are so good and so well done and so well implemented. Um, and they're all kind of tied to, and this is again, a carryover from smooth moves. Um, just a really smart design decision that worked there and continues to work here. Um, Whenever you are playing a mini game or a set of mini games, if you're playing through the campaign or whatever, um, each one, before you get into it, it announces what form you should take. So again, we've got these form stones, right? Which are basically just Joy-Con. Um, you hold the Joy-Con in your hands, almost like you um, like you got your thumb on top of the triggers, you know, and you're holding the Joy-Con kind of in your hand. I think they call it like a grip hold or something like that. Um, Cause you know, everything has to have a, a special name, you know, related to it. Um, but then they teach you these forms of like kind of the positioning that you need to do when you start a micro game. So for example, the first one that they introduce you to is called choo choo. So you, that's just what it sounds like. You're just holding your arms out in front of you with the two joy con in your hand. Like you're about to, you know, make the motion of like a choo choo train. That's all that is. Um, (laughs) later on, there's some more like advanced ones like Archer, where you kind of have like a hand kind of back behind you and another hand, like kind of extended in front, like you're holding a bow and arrow. 
Um, there's a couple of different things that you can do. There's even uh, an element to the game where they will let you know if the micro game that you're about to play is going to involve you dropping the Joy-Con. So you play the game with the Joy-Con strap because some of the micro games actually require that you physically drop the Joy-Con. Um, there are even... Uh, forms that have you laying the Joy-Con on a flat surface for you to then lift up later. So, I mean, they extract all of the marrow out of the Joy-Con in this game. Anything that you could do with Joy-Con motion controls, like, they've thought about. And to that end, this game is, I believe, tied with Twisted for the most micro games in a single WarioWare game. Um... They, it's got like, I think 250 some odd, uh, micro games in it. Um, that's a lot. It's crazy. And like, just, you know, the, the way that this is all structured, the way that like, it's so fun to like do these silly forms. There's a form where, uh, I think it's called like, it's called like cluck form or something like that. (laughs) Um, I don't remember. It's, it's it's either it's cluck or it's anyway, it makes you put one joy con to your nose and one joy con to your backside. So like, it's like you're a chicken and like the one on your nose is your beak and the one on your backside is like your tail feather. Um, so there's that, there's one, there's a form called the big cheese where like, you're just kind of doing like a superhero pose, like your arms kind of at your hips, you know? Um, so they're, they're having fun with it. Every time a new form is introduced, uh, there's like this, just like in smooth moves, there's this kind of disembodied voice that like reads off to it and gives you like the lore of the, you know, of the form and everything. A lot of them have like a sort of like uh tribal, like it talks about like the backstory of like the, you know, the, the Island itself and the ancient denizens of the Island where they were introduced to this ancient form, you know, um, pretty, pretty silly, pretty self-aware, but, uh, but yeah, the forms are like the big sort of thing. And from there, once you've assumed these forms, like you get into the micro game and you intuit kind of what you're supposed to do, uh, with the motion. Um, and yeah, it just, it works beautifully well. Nice. Nice. And, uh, like, I don't even know, like there's so many different forms, so many different gameplay elements are, do all of the games revolve around motion controls? Are there any more uh, traditional WarioWare games or do they all require motion? It's all motion. Yeah, it's all it's all motion in some form or another. Um, you know, some of the forms are a little more intensive than others. So like, you know, with one of the forms, you're supposed to squat, you know, um, and that's oh, yeah. some people aren't going to like doing squats. I actually love doing squats. I'm really good at squats. Um, Hope you played some ring fit. Yeah. So, so like there, there are some things like that. Um, you can kind of cheese it. Like, like my wife actually found a way to just play the game literally while sitting down a lot of the times. So, I mean, like, it's not, you know, like it's the kind of thing where if you kind of know what the game is looking for, you can sort of cheese it. Um, come on, Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she, yeah. When she's home, she's like, I'm not standing up and doing this. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm, I was trying to do it. I was trying to get her to do it too. I'm like, stand up, man. Come on. Let's do this. You know? Uh, Cause like, I if love going to play the game, play the game. Yeah. Like I love getting up and moving and like, you know, yeah. and it can That's be the whole point. Yeah. It, it can be like a decent little workout too. Like you can find yourself breaking a little bit of a sweat after a while, you know? So, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I really like that element personally, but all of that to just say that like, if you're somebody who is completely turned off by the idea, like you could, if you wanted to sort of cheese it. And I know this because I saw my wife do it. Um, so (laughs) call those, we'll call those accessibility features. Yeah, I guess so. Um, (laughs) the laziness, I guess can be an accessibility feature. That's fine. Um, that's okay. But you know, and it's also good for people who obviously can't, you know, move their legs and stuff. You, you could still, you know, sort of make it work if you wanted to. Um, I will say one thing that I wanted to, to make sure I shouted out is the way that the co-op works. It's actually pretty cool. Um, because you're, you're trading off, you know, for the most part, you're trading off like one player does this micro game then the next micro game is going to be done by the next player. Then there's going to be some that are done by both players at once. There are, you know, several uh, two player games that get mixed in. All of the boss fights are done with two players. Um, And oftentimes each player will have their own separate objective in two player games, which is cool. Really? Yeah. So that's pretty neat. That's actually interesting. Yeah. So it'll be like, you have to do this thing and I do this thing to kind of like help you or feed into what's going on or whatever. It's really cool. Really well designed. Um, But one thing that is really neat about this, and it makes it very good for playing this game with kids or with gamers who maybe can't wrap their mind around the motion controls and aren't as good at them or whatever. Um, when somebody like if I'm playing with my wife and she fails a micro game, right. Which happened many times. Um, I can come in and sort of tag in. And if I'm able to do the micro game for her, it won't strike us a life because in, in traditional Wario, uh, where fashion, you get four lives, four strikes. Yep. Yeah. And so it won't take it away if I'm able to achieve it. Um, so that's cool. And in co-op, if you lose all of your lives, it gives you, I think it's called like a chance form where, uh, it gives you a few seconds to assume a certain form. Like it shows you a statue and you match what the statue is doing. And if you're able to do it in time, it will actually just revive you and your partner and give you all of your lives back and you can keep going. So like they've, they've got like comeback mechanics and they've got like actually really cool co-op helpful accessibility mechanics specifically for co-op. These are not present if you're doing it by yourself. So it's neat. Like it, it makes it like a lot more um, palatable. Little brother, little sister mode. Yeah, totally. Like it makes it way more palatable, and it like that way it doesn't disrupt the flow. You know, because like if you end up failing together because your partner's not as good at the micro games as you are, it could make it not fun for both players, right? So it's really neat that they have something like that in there. I really wanted to shout that out. Yeah, another one of the big aspects of WarioWare games is the. The, the speed and the intensity of the games continue to ramp up as you're continuing to play. They start off relatively slow when you're going through, you know, kind of a new ladder, a new sequence or something. But that's the entire point is they continue to get faster and continue to get more intense. And especially for less seasoned gamers, that intensity can can, can kind of get out of hand much quicker than for other people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'll say too, um, I'll, I'll just quickly talk about, I don't want to spoil all of the side modes, but in, again, in traditional WarioWare fashion, there are 
side modes. There are little like side games that you can unlock and play. This is also very typical of the WarioWare series, right? Um, there's always like unlockable stuff that you can do. This game is no different. There's not anything. I was a little bit bummed out. I really enjoyed the, the Wario cup in a get it together. And unfortunately, oh, yeah, th- there's nothing really like that here. Unfortunately, um, this is kind of very much made for like, yeah, parties, like a lot of the the side content is just kind of like more advanced like versions or like, you know, kind of recontextualized versions of of yeah. elements that already exist. Yeah. Um, well, what, what Seth is talking about, the Wario Cup that he's mentioning in WarioWare Get It Together was like a weekly new event yeah. would pop up every week in WarioWare Get It Together. And again, it was a special event. Uh, I think it gave uh, a specific... Uh, like added like a specific piece of flair or a specific a condition uh, usually condition yeah, yeah to uh to a certain stage and then had you play with specific characters it was it was an interesting little challenge mode and again it changed every week but you're saying that that's not here no it's it's not and i i kind of i kind of miss it um and you know i will there there is one kind of like big exception um, to this in terms of, well, there's two, there's two really big exceptions to the side content that actually is doing something a little interesting. So there's the uh, party mode, which sort of creates like a very, very light um, Mario party kind of like you roll a dice, you move spaces, you compete in micro games sort of thing. It's like, it's very kind of bare bones, But it's neat. Like if you have, it's probably the best way if you have like people coming over and you're doing like a party, it probably is like the best, most straightforward way to engage with the game um, is to just turn on party mode and, and go from there. I mean, you can, if you want, just go into museum mode and, you know, play the, the games that you want to play. But party mode is, is probably the way to go. Um, it's, you know, so, so that's neat. And that is like, that does feel like actually new compared to the rest of what the game's going on. Um, and then the sort of thing that you unlock after, I think all you have to do is just like have played all of the micro games, like have unlocked and played everything in the game. But the final kind of unlock is called Puro W Eric. Oh my God. (laughs) It's real. It's real. They did it. Um, oh my God, that's amazing. They brought it back. And the way this works is Puro W is a new sort of, it, it is just like the classic Puro, a point chaser. Um, just like the classic Puro, the background changes and goes from like day to night and stuff based on your score. The way it works though, is you hold the two Joy-Con in your hand and it's almost like Kirby Tilt and Tumble vibes where there's two platforms that you're bouncing back and forth between. Puro is rolling into and eating the beans on the platforms while also avoiding enemies on the platforms. Um, And they might have even incorporated a Mrs. Puro uh, (laughs) into it. Uh, And Puro, as Puro continues to eat, Puro gets bigger. Um, And you just, yeah, it's a point chaser, just like the, uh, the classic style. And, um, it's very, very good and well done. And like I alluded to earlier, it plays a new version of the classic Pioro theme as well. And um, again, this was our kind of big complaint 
with get it together is like, how does get it together not have, like, I understand that Pioro is playable in the game, but how did it not have, how does Pioro not have his own? Yeah. Yeah. This one fixes it and it's really cool and really good. Good. Now it's never going to be as simple and and great as bird and beans. Right. But Pioro W is still a very, very fun. It's my favorite of the like unlockable games by far. So beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, uh, I I love the idea of the party map. Honestly, doesn't something like that feel like it just should have been in WarioWare for years? Yeah, like it's simple, but like it works. Like it's, you know, it's it's simple, but it completely works, you know, and it's just a the the thing that I would sort of say about like all of the side modes for for the most part is that like it's a good delivery system for like what the game already does really well. Like it's, it's just a good way to experience and deliver the content that you're looking for, you know? Um, so I don't know that, that really works. Of course, you know, special shout outs to the nine volt games in this one. Um, of course, you know, those are always highlights. Uh, nine volt for those who don't know is always the one that has like his micro games are always based on Nintendo games. So, um, having motion controls implemented, there's, there's a really fun, uh, micro game where you play as a, uh, Kuko, like running away from Link in Ocarina of Time. Um, I assume that's the cluck stance or whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what, I don't think it actually is. Um, you're just having to like, you're basically running around and navigating through like, uh, like pots and stuff. Uh, just running away as like Link is trying to catch you. Um, so that's fun. There is a, there's a, uh, I, I, it might even be the boss stage of nine volts, um, of nine volts games this time around, but it is the Mario 64, like penguin slide, you know? Oh, nice. Um, and you're, you know, Mario's got his hands to his side, just like you do. And you're like tilting and, you know, and doing the, the penguin slide from Mario 64 and racing your co-op buddy or whatever, you know? So, um, very cool. His, his games are really good in this one. There's like, um, there's an animal crossing themed one as well. Um, yeah, there's, those are always standouts and they continue to be standouts in this. So nice. Well, here at the end, obviously you said at the beginning that Smooth Moves is probably your second favorite game in the series. So, I mean, ultimately, how do you think this game, WarioWare Move It, WarioWare Smooth Moves 2, how does it stack up to the original? How does it stack up to the other games in the series? Does it feel like a worthy next WarioWare title? Does it ultimately, even though it contains the trappings of the game, does it kind of fall short or, you know, what is your, what is your conclusion on move it? I think that this feels like, I mean, like it's, it's hard for me to say that I like it more than smooth moves, but I don't like it less. Like I almost think of them as like two parts of the same whole, if that makes sense. Like I, I, I truly like WarioWare move it just as much as smooth moves. Like I can't really think of anything about smooth moves that, I like better necessarily, but like they're, you know, they occupy such a similar space in my brain. Um, it's hard to choose between the two, but I certainly, like I said, smooth moves, probably my second favorite WarioWare game and WarioWare move. It stands toe to toe with it for me. Um, it's that good. And they've done like that good of a job with these games. And so like, it's, 
it's a real shame that it's flown under the radar for so many people because, you know, we, we were talking about um, Mario Party Superstars and Super Mario Party earlier. Like, these two WarioWare games on the Switch are very, very different. And, yeah. And both, like completely justify their own existence and both make like really cool uses of the switches, like thematic nature and also like the, the hardware itself, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a shame that more people haven't played this. Um, I think you should, if you are a fan of WarioWare smooth moves, you should already own this. So, uh, I think it's safe to say, uh, two big thumbs up from our resident WarioWare expert. I really loved it. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like nobody's talking about it. I, I think it's great. <laughs> well, see, that was the thing. Like, that was what we were talking about because this, with this year being so stacked, uh, inevitably there was going to be a couple things that ultimately just kind of had weird release dates that just were going to fly under the radar regardless. And unfortunately, a brand new WarioWare game somehow fit into that category. But, you know, we definitely wanted to to bring it back. We definitely wanted to throw that boomerang back, as painful as it might be sometimes, and, and talk about this game because, I mean, again, it's a first-party Nintendo game that people are somehow sleeping on. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Y'all should play it. If you, especially if you can, like, find it for, you know, a, a it already released it, I think, $49.99. It's not a full-price game. Um, ah, but like, j- just like get it together wasn't, um, but, but I mean, like if you can find it for like a discount or say, I mean, like it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's easily recommendable for me. Like I, I really, really enjoy it. It's not, it's not going to be anybody's game of the year in 2023. It never was going to be, but like the, the way that it fits into the WarioWare franchise, I think like makes a lot of sense. And again, there's enough like fan service and enough like like if this did unfortunately become the final WarioWare game, I like I would feel like this would be a good one to go out on. I feel lucky that we have it at all, frankly. But a worthy successor to the legendary WarioWare franchise. If you are a WarioWare fan, sounds like you need to pick this one up. And I mean, if you have already, if you've played it, let us know. Reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter at all in podcast, reach out to us on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash all in podcast, where I mean, every week we break down the world in Nintendo news. We post up videos. We're posting all kinds of content up there. And Seth, in addition to our discord, in addition to uh, the Twitter and the Facebook, in addition to the content that we put up on the YouTube, we also create exclusive content for those amazing patrons we shouted out at the top of the show. We do patreon.com slash all in podcast exclusive content goes up there every single week for the wonderful people who support us. You can join their ranks and get a seven day free trial uh, to the golden banana tier and see what all the fuss is about for yourself. You don't have to take our word for it. So check us out over there. You can also pick up some merch at bit.ly slash all in merch, which is uh, another great way to support the show. And if you don't want to throw any bones our way, that's okay too. You can drop us some words. You can leave us a five star review on your podcatcher of choice. And that is an easy and free way to show your love and support for our show. Thank you so much. Yes. For all of you who have done that, for all of you who have uh, become patrons, just a massive shout out to all of you, to everybody who has reviewed 
our podcast, Dropped Words, as Seth likes to say. Another massive thank you to all of you. To anybody who has picked up a piece of our merch at bit.ly slash allinmerch. Another huge thank you to all of you and to everybody who has even just shared our content across this vast and wonderful and sometimes terrifying internet of ours. To all of you, we would like to send a huge thank you. And to all of you, collectively, we send a nice all-in holiday party. Namaste. Namaste. It's hard to believe it, but like next week, I guess, is like the Christmas episode. Like, that's weird. Yeah. We're that close. Yeah. That's weird. And that feels like we were just in spooky season last week, man. Yeah, it's it's really kind of getting away from us. I want to oh. shout real quick too. Um, again, mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be mentioning it throughout the next Golden few weeks. Golden Aces. Golden Aces are coming. Voting is live now. Uh, you know, there is a link in the uh, episode description if you want to submit your votes. Uh, so please do that by January 1st and the Golden Aces will be happening January 5th. So just another quick shout there. And again, I, I won't be shutting up about that for a couple more weeks. So um, you do have some time, but, but go ahead and get on it and get your vote in. It should only take a few minutes and we, we'd really love to have you be a part of it. Absolutely. Yes. We'd love to hear from as many people as possible. Share it far, share it wide. Let's get thousands and tens of thousands of votes in for the Golden Aces 2023. Make your voice heard and make sure all of your friends' voices are heard. We want to make this as big a thing as possible. Really, really excited for the holidays and for Golden Aces season. And uh, you guys, we may actually have a little bit of a Christmas giveaway scheduled Mm. for next week. So stay tuned for that. Super, super exciting. Always try to give away as much as we can. You guys are amazing and you all deserve the world. So we try to give that to you again. Stay tuned for details on that. But I'm actually, I'm going to be here. I'm not leaving the all-in community, but I'm taking a little bit of time off from other things next week. So I am going to be dipping hardcore into my 2023 backlog in preparation for Golden Aces season next week. I am super, super excited about it. Uh, You know, those those end of year switch numbers, I may be about to significantly spike those numbers (laughs) next week. (laughs) But uh, uh, what about you, man? You excited for next week? Yeah, I, uh, you know, um, carpool's on a break right now for the holidays too. So I've got a little extra time to play games too. So I'm hoping to, you know, to get some stuff together and yeah, golden aces prep is, is underway and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really hoping I'll just shout this out here at the end of the show. Um, I'm really hoping that next week I would love it if they did inside the house of Indies again. I don't know if they're going to, I have no insider knowledge. I'm just throwing it out there. I want to put the energy out into the ether, Please, Nintendo. I loved it last year. I would love for you that to do really it again. Good. I would that love it. That was really good. That indie showcase advent calendar that Nintendo did, that was really cool. And you know what? Oh. And let me let me throw this out there, too. I was thinking about this recently. Last year, we had Bonta Avond on the show to talk about Once Upon a Jester. Once Upon a Jester, yep. And on that interview, they said that they intended for everybody Wham Wham to come to Switch this winter. What a perfect inside the House of Indies drop that would be if they bring oh, it out. So how dare you give people hope at the end I, of this episode? I'm just I am just throwing it out into the ether. I am just hoping to will these things into existence. So, you know, I just want to put it out there. 
You see Bon Avon? We keep receipts. Oh, I remember. I never forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but regardless, we are deep into the holiday season now, folks. Uh, be careful out there if you are out last minute Christmas shopping yep. uh, over the next week. Just, you know, be careful. And everybody have another wonderful Another wonderful week, and we will see you right back here next Saturday for the Christmas episode of All In. But until then, folks, I have been DKC2, Eric's Conquest. And I have been Chance of Sethnar. Stay safe out there, everybody. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Ho, ho, ho.